This is Leif Erickson, Insights Partner at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Industry Podcast Series. In these podcasts, we capture insights from some of the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They are executives, entrepreneurs, consultants, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is, like the team here at Momenta Partners, they are deep industry practitioners. We hope you find these podcasts informative and we welcome your comments. My name is Leif Erickson, Insights Partner here at Momenta, and our guest today is Christian Sonderstrup, Digital Transformation Consultant and Advisor. Christian has spent his career helping organizations navigate the digital transformation journey, including most recently in the renewable energy industry. His experience includes stents as Chief Digital Officer Service at Siemens Gamesa and VP Head of Smart Data at Vestas Global Service. Today, we're going to discuss Christian's perspective on how industry can overcome the roadblocks and make progress on their digital transformation journey. Welcome, Christian. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leif. Let, let's start with a little bit uh, about your background and how you got into, involved in the digital transformation uh, arena, and, and maybe even talk a little bit about your optimism about, about the future. You know, it's a challenging time for a lot of uh, a lot of organizations. So, so tell us what you found, you know, over the course of your career, and and you know how you got to where you are today. Sure. So, uh, throughout my career, I've, I've always worked on strategy and and the question of how do companies become substantially more successful, independent of their starting point, right? And, and more successful is not just incremental. Let's make it two percent better next year. It's really step changes in performance I've, I've always worked on. In the very early days, I did that as a, a McKinsey consultant. And subsequent to that, I had roles like head of business development, corporate strategy, VP of transformation, and, and as you mentioned, latest as um, chief digital officer at a large uh, industrial OEM. And as you work through uh, the problem of becoming more uh, successful, then at, at some point, uh, digital uh, came, right? The, and digital is just in a um, a suitcase term for a slew of new technologies. Uh, and, and you can now use those to answer the same question. How do we become successful? And that was sort of my transition into digital. I actually see digital and, and all of those technologies as tools to become more successful. And I'm, I'm super optimistic about the future, uh, not just for industry, but for all companies, because the, the fourth industrial revolution and all of these digital technologies allow for so many new opportunities, um, both for solving individual tasks or you know, value proposition changes, but also new business models and entirely, entirely new industries. Uh, and that's just an exciting space to be in where all of these changes are happening at the same time. Yeah, it's it's exciting, but for a lot of people, it's also uh, kind of scary, right? Because it, yes. it means change. And if we look at, you know... Um, if we look at what's happened in other industries, um, and, and we, you know, here at, at Momentum Partners, we're primarily focused on the industrial and infrastructure sectors. But if we look at industries like retail, where where Amazon came in and disrupted uh, the industry, and and media, where Netflix was a, a tremendous and still is a tremendous disruptor, 
How do you see this playing out in asset-intensive industries such as energy and manufacturing? Is it, it? Do you envision the same kind of dynamic eventually playing out? We don't see it today, of course, but eventually playing out. Um, and if not, why not? I, I think we'll see massive disruption also in, in industry, but it will not take the same blockbuster form as uh, Netflix or Amazon or, or Spotify, uh, but it'll still happen. And, and I think the reason we'll not see these blockbuster things um, has to do with the industry structure and that each industrial uh, subsector is very different. It has different industry structures and, and values created in, in different ways throughout those value chains. So we'll see uh, disruptive companies, but there will be niche players. Um, they'll come in and take uh, slivers of value uh, that can be at, at harvested with digital technologies. Uh, that will certainly happen, but there will not be uh, these big blockbuster things. Um, there will be, be many small things. Um, because digital and the value from digital is real. Right? And predictive analytics, in, which I know fairly well, uh, you can e easily harvest 3 to, to 10% uh, of improvement. And somebody will go and do that. Uh, hopefully, incumbent companies do it themselves. Uh, but if not, they're leaving money on the table and somebody else will come and do it. Um, so, so we will see that transformation. Uh, and, and money and, and value being moved up and down the value chain. But it'll materialize slightly differently than we see in other industries. Right, right. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, what you're saying basically is it's inevitable in, in some form or fashion. Do you have any sense as to, when you say niche players, will they be you know brand new players coming into the industry from outside, or do you think that it'll be you know, a smaller player within the industry that will uh, innovate faster than their peers and and uh, and disrupt their peers. We'll see both uh, both startups and innovative players within the industry. Uh, the startups often have the advantage um, that they don't have legacy and they don't have a core business to maintain and keep focusing on, so they can go strictly after what is disruptive. Um, and move much, much faster than incumbents. Um, hence, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that we'll see quite a, a lot of startups, very niche players, developing a solution uh, somewhere in, in that particular sub-industry uh, and, and most likely get acquired afterwards. Um, and, and most often because they develop something that an incumbent will say, well, this is strategic for me. Um, I should own this piece of technology as part of my value chain and my value proposition I was asleep at the steering wheel or our organization didn't have the skills to develop it and then they get acquired. Um, but the, the value is created and captured by these startups and then uh, internalized by incumbents. Interesting. And and so now that we've sort of set the stage for, you know, sort of how it may play out, what what can, um, what's what's holding back you know what? What's holding it all back today? I mean, why why aren't we moving again? Like we're seeing in other uh, sectors and subsectors, is it the technology? Is it is it uh, the culture that many of these traditional companies have? Is it is it available resources, uh, funds, people to to develop this stuff? Yeah, I think there are many contributing uh, factors. Um, in in my experience, one of the 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 biggest impediments to going and after these opportunities and harvesting them fastest is the organizational culture, the mindset, and the, the inertia of just large corporations. Um, digital requires 
a different mental model uh, than what we might have seen elsewhere. Um, digital, by its nature, is it's easy to change where industrial goods are slow to change, right? You, you make a capital good asset and it sits there and you're very worried that you might have health and safety risk, that it might explode, etc. So the development processes are very slow and for very good reasons. Right? You have your stage gate model um, and, and you take your, your development through that and for good reasons. All of a sudden now comes digital that requires a different operating model. And few companies are able to do both at the same time. Uh, most that I've seen, they sort of take the existing models. Ah, let's apply this because it works really well for us when we design a widget. Um, it works really well. Let's do digital technologies or digital solutions with the same approach. That certainly fails. Um, and few companies are able to actually harness two operating models in the same organization at the same time and get those two to to play together. For instance, a stage gate model and a agile uh, model with two-week sprints. And it's very difficult for organizations to to harness those two mental models at the same time. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and you've had some uh, firsthand experience uh, with some of those challenges. Um, do you think that? Do you think that um, this is? I mean, that sounds like a fairly ge generic thing that all industries, right? I mean, we talk about cultural inertia, the way they develop products, etc. Um, but will there be any variation from sector to sector, or subsector to sector, uh, subsector? And, and and if so, do you have uh, do you have some thoughts on? on how that might be? Yeah, I, I think the organizational challenge and the cultural challenge will is they're going to be fairly the same, right, uh, across the sub subsectors. I think, however, the way the opportunities from digital uh, manifest themselves uh, would be very, very different by subsector. Um, let's take, uh, for instance, making sm smartifying your product, right? I think many industrial companies are these days going through the IoT enablement of them, uh, collect data, make intelligent uh, predictions, uh, optimize usage, um, foresee failures, uh, automating uh, sort of predict, sorry, predict, predictive analytics, uh, remote reset, uh, remote troubleshooting, all of that stuff. Um, those are feasible in some industries and in others not. Um, for instance, you can smartify uh, you're, you're a wind turbine or a machine, but if you're in the, let's say, you make tiles, uh, you cannot smartify the tile, but you can certainly uh, embed intelligence into your machinery that produces the tile. And as such, you actually have two different types of uh, transformations. The first one, where you're smartifying your product, you're embedding intelligence and AI and machine learning, et cetera, into your product. The other one is doing it to your internal operations. And those differences, these might seem subtle, but the organizational implications are very different if you're trying to make an intelligent product versus making intelligent processes internally. And they, they pan out quite differently and require very different approaches. Right, that makes sense. Sort of a... I guess the the internal digital transformation perspective versus the the outward facing or customer facing one. Correct. Um, I'd like to circle back to your comment about organizational uh, culture and inertia, and you know what's become clear in the last few years, and we've certainly seen this at at Momentum Partners with with our uh, customers and clients, is that is that it's just. It's it's very hard. It's it's harder than most executives realize to sort of make this transition. 
Uh, first of all, is that is that fair to say that this is this stuff is difficult? And 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 if so, what what can executives in in sort of digital industry and in the in the in the industrial and infrastructure spaces what can they do to get past these challenges and success, successfully navigate uh, the the digital transformation journey? I think it's to your first question. I think it's right. This is hard. Um, this is not just uh, incremental change. Digital is transformative change. So it's not just your next project, because uh, we know how to do projects um, as as companies. We, we know how to do that. You define your your um, end state. You define your project plan, and off of the team goes with the steering committee and and milestones. So we know how to do that. But but digital transformation is not just another project, and that's why. We, we struggle. So what can what can companies um, do? I think there are a num- number of things. Um, I think the, the first step is to really recognize that it's not a project. The transformation uh, is not a project. A project has a defined start and defined end and outcome. This is a, a journey. Uh, and what we're seeking to change is often the, the, the very essence of the company or the very essence of the product. Um, we're going from... We are a widget manufacturer to we are now a tech company or a digital company that happens to also make uh, widgets. Um, that journey touches on identity and touches on culture, t- touches on um, the way the operating model and the, the DNA and the collaboration models inside companies work. And if you're not very aware that that's what you're embarking on with the digital transformation, then you're bound to not take it seriously enough and dedicate enough senior leadership resources to think it through and lead that through. So I think the first step is actually recognizing that this is um, a digital transformation and really is about culture and change. Uh, a second step is having very clear um, what is it you want to do with digital. And I, I observe it happening at, at three different levels, what it is that you want to do with digital. The one that gets most of the media buzz is uh, what we'd call disruption, right? So a startup company reinvents taxis, Uber, or reinvents uh, hotels, uh, Airbnb, or the way music is consumed with Spotify and streaming. Uh, that type of disruptive innovation and in inventing new business models is one way you could go about your digital transformation. That is very hard for uh, incumbents because often it entails that you cannibalize yourself. But that's sort of one level or one way that digital transformation or digital strategy could uh, manifest itself. The second one is, and I alluded to that earlier, is you sort of smartify your your value proposition. You put sensors on it, you have a remote monitoring, or you have AI embedded in in, in your devices, or you can talk to it using natural language uh, programming, etc. That's a second type. You don't necessarily uh, disrupt anything, but you do reinvent your product. And that requires uh, a different approach. So that's the second um, way you could uh, articulate what is it you want to do with, uh, with digital. The third way is that you take all of these, the same toolbox essentially, but you use them for internal operations. So again, you could use machine learning or vision or robotics um, to to manage inbound logistics, manufacturing, outbound logistics, pricing, finance, etc. But that's about internal operations. And what I often see is companies are unaware of whether they're doing, number one, disruption, number two, reinventing their 
product and value proposition, or number three, improving internal operations. And if you don't know which one of them you're doing, or maybe you want to do all three, then surely if you don't know what you're doing or intending to do, you're, you're bound to get it wrong and organize yourself inadequately to achieve whatever it is that you're ex experimenting with. And so the second step is really becoming very clear on whether you're doing one, two, or three different digital transformations uh, in, in parallel. I think that's a very important second step. Uh, third is um, humbleness and willingness to learn. Uh, the world hasn't done this before. Um, there are good case examples of, of companies that have done transformations, um, but many of those examples don't necessarily transport very well into industry. So if we look at some of the very successful companies that have done digital transformations, most of the ones I know are actually software companies. Uh, we have Adobe that went from sort of perpetual licenses to cloud. We have Microsoft uh, who reinvented itself from being... Um, uh, sort of operating systems to being a platform playing with Azure. We have um, Amazon who, who went from just a retailer on online of books to actually being an online retailer plus a lot of other compa companies as well, including cloud. So those are great examples, but they don't transport very easily to uh, industry uh, or a company making widgets. Um, so right. hence you have to just say, we don't know and there are no one we can copycat. We have to learn. And that requires a different mental model. So willingness to learn is probably, experiment and learn uh, uh, is probably my third uh, recommendation or the third step in that combo. Right. And that in some ways may be the most important step. And actually going back to your example of, you know, companies in the technology industry being uh, successfully doing that, like uh, Adobe and Microsoft, uh, we sometimes forget that there are many that didn't, or or really haven't made the transition, you know, whether yes. we're talking about a a Xerox or an HP or you know someone like that, it's uh, even yes. even in that arena, it's not it's not a given. And I think that yeah. goes back to your your comment about um, being agile and 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 constantly learning, right? Yes. If you don't do that, then you're not going to be successful. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. So it's it's. Uh, it's interesting times for sure. Um, I think the, uh, you know, we both share an admiration for the late great Clayton Christensen, the, yes. the Harvard professor, and and I think one of the comments he he made on a regular basis was that this kind of stuff is not the stuff you you learned in business school, yeah. right? It's you you've got to learn how to manage things differently. It's it's not the traditional command and control. It's not. Uh, it's more, again, as you say, uh, you you have to be in a constant learning mode. You've got to be willing to pivot, to acknowledge that, well, the first strategy you chose wasn't the right one, um, but let's try, let's 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 pivot. Let's figure out what what is the right one. Correct. Any Correct. any further thoughts on that? And in, in terms of again, how specifically existing executives can sort of. Um, Pivot themselves, if you will, away from from a mindset where you know every, they have to set everything in stone, and, uh, and and then just pursue that to the bitter end. You know, yeah. even when it, it becomes obvious that it's not uh, it's not the right strategy. Yeah, I, I do have quite a lot of, uh, of thoughts on that. Let me try and synthesize a few, sort of the central themes. I think we're living 
through a time where the paradigm and, and mental model of business is changing. So as Clayton Christensen said, not everything that you, you need to know today, we learned at business school, but we still only have that theoretical foundation of what we did learn, right? So we learned about balanced scorecards, carrots and sticks. If you incentivize people in the right way, they will do what you ask them to. Uh, we learned about business cases and NPV calculations and, and how to, to do the trade-off between NPV and IRR. We have that toolkit very developed, and that mental model is sort of internally consistent. However, it doesn't serve us very well when it comes to digital, because um, uh, we don't know the answer. We can't actually calculate an IRR. We can assume a bunch of stuff, but that's most of that is just wishful thinking. Uh, so we, we have to sort of let, let that toolkit go and adopt a new toolkit around uh, empowering teams, uh, being servant leaders, uh, working uh, in pursuit of some greater purpose uh, that empowers the team to actually solve the problems along the way. If they know why we're doing stuff, um, then they're more likely to figure it out themselves as opposed to delegate the question the question or their doubts up the chain of command. And that is a very different mental model from what we were taught in business school. So my advice to, to other executives is start exposing yourself to this new world systematically. Read articles uh, on digital transformation, go visit startups, uh, not because you can copy paste what they're doing, but to, to see the way they work, to see the way they collaborate, how they organize themselves, the environment that, that brilliant minds thrive in. Uh, read newsletters on machine learning and AI. Uh, I subscribe to quite a few, including one from Andrew NG. I understand maybe 50% of what they, they actually write, but at every single newsletter, I get a new idea for, ah, if research could solve this problem, then we could also solve that problem. Uh, that is a, a problem I'm familiar with. Um, so those are, are things I would recommend other executives do. Expose yourself systematically. Start learning. And you might not get it right the first half a year, the first year. But if you're not learning, you you surely won't get there. And yeah, no, that's some that's some great great advice. Changes changes happening at a faster pace today than than it ever has. So where where do we go from here? You know, in particular for the the industrial infrastructure worlds, uh, what what can we expect, and what are some of the wild cards over the next you know three, four, five years as we we enter this decade of the twenties? Yeah. I, I, where we go from here, from here, we all incumbents they need to start trying. Um, if they're not trying or running uh, to, to or trying to win, then they will lose because the the competitive forces will will make sure that somebody else goes in and, uh, and takes their pie. Um, so first, start running and start practicing, uh, and we need to run to stand still. Um, I think that we will see. Uh, Many companies uh, emerge, as we discussed earlier, um, also in the industrial space. Uh, finding specific solutions uh, in, your, in, in your value proposition. And if you can't uh, develop it, go acquire them. Uh, but go, go do it early, right? And, and embed that talent into your organization and use that as a, both to acquire a capability or a specific solution, but also as an acquire. Use, you just acquired a team of potentially very talented software developers and data scientists. You keep them in your organization and help that help yourself grow your organization uh, further. I think that's that is the only way to go. 
that's all, all great advice. Um, so we, we, we typically wrap these things up, uh, Christian, to, to, uh, to, uh, by asking what you, uh, you know, what you've read recently, what, what books you would recommend reading. Um, they don't have to be specific to this, but you know, what, what, what's, uh, intrigued you uh, recently in, in your reading list? So uh, Clayton Christensen's book on uh, Innovator's Dilemma, I think, is a great read. It might be about 20 years old. But it's still it's a very, classic, but it's still classic. relevant, right? It's still very relevant. Uh, um, and, and if you look at your industry through, through his lens, uh, you will be amazed at what you could sort of foresee. Uh, I then would recommend uh, reading Simon Sinek's book, uh, Infinite Game, um, because he, he's actually challenging our... our mental model and our core understanding of business and how to lead businesses. And I think he is on to something that is right about how you lead uh, business in, businesses in the 21st century and how you lead armies of very, very talented uh, people to solve difficult problems. And if, we, if, if you don't pivot to a new mental model, but stay in the old industrial mental model, you're bound to lose when you're up against digital uh, competitors. So I think he has good input um, and, and great insight, and we should learn from that and, and evolve our leadership skills from, from there. So, yeah, and I'm not as familiar with that second one. So Simon Sinek, um, the name of the book was what? The Infinite Game, is that The correct? Infinite Game. And and so his focus is on leadership is... is is that the... the, the um... Yes, and understanding, and understanding of, of your enterprise. Right. So one, one of his uh, central thesis is there are two types of games. There's one called the infinite game and one called the finite game. The finite game is about uh, beating your competition within a defined time period and make them go away. The infinite game is you keep playing and you just have to stay a little bit ahead of your competition until he or she gives up. But you're never actually done right? with... with uh, your enterprise, and if you think of think about your business, think about leadership in the context of there is a defined time frame. Let's say a baseball game, nine innings. Then you play the game with one in in one form. If you thought that it was a game that go on forever and ever, and as one uh, team left, another team would come in and continue playing. You play the game differently, uh, and you would lead differently. You would coach differently. You you play put on your players in a different completely different logic than we otherwise have and his central thesis is that we're actually all of us the purpose of business or businesses by design an infinite game but we play that infinite game with a finite game mentality right when is business right. done right. like you could say we know when a baseball game is done right after nine innings when is right. business done it's not done at the end of the financial year that's just an arbitrary yardstick that, that we've put in place. Um, it's actually never done. Um, so why do we why do we lead our companies with that uh, finite uh, mental model? I think he's onto something, and it's yeah, really it's more like a, thinking. What analogy might be that it's more like a cricket game, which at least to those of us that don't that don't <laughs> part familiar with cricket, seem to go on forever. <laughs> true, very uh, true. Well, well, this has been great, uh, Christian. This is a, a great. Uh, um, overview of some of the challenges that organizations uh, you know face in terms of, of managing the digital transformation journey thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today thank you for having me
This is Leif Erickson, Insights Partner Memento. Thank you for listening today and please share with us what you found useful, as well as your own perspectives on digital industry.